Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. We're approaching this in a different way than we have in the past. Because there are some things that, that go on inside of us, and there's reasons why we do some of the things that we do that we don't always recognize. And so just making a list of some of the things of, not some of the things, just making a list of the things that we have done to other people and the list of things that have been done to us is just to start. But there's a reason behind it. But so I want to back up and talk to you a little bit about but it is kind of like we're going back to the beginning because I'm going to talk about the body, the soul, and the spirit, right? Because we are created in God's image, and he is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we are trying being the same way, body, soul, and spirit. But if you think about it, when Jesus talked about things, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you read in the, in the Word, I believe it's in Hebrews, but it may be in Corinthians. I, sh I should look this up because I keep making reference to it. When they're talking about the spirit that led the children of Israel, you know, after they left Egypt and Moses said, let my people go. And they went out and they, through the Red Sea and, and all that. That was the spirit of Christ that led them is what the apostle says. And so it's like, but wait a minute, Jesus hadn't even been born yet. And we've talked about the thing of the pre-incarnate Christ, how Christ made appearances before he was actually born, which blows your mind, right? But listen, people have been arguing about the doctrine of the Trinity for thousands of years. Some people believe, well, no, you, that's like, if you look at it like that, that's, you got three gods. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's the Godhead. It's one. And then some people will say, well, no, you... You can't have all this broken down. It's just God. And it's like, well, no, but it is separate parts. And so to help us to understand, I believe sincerely, when God begins to talk to us about body, soul, and spirit, it helps us understand who we are as a triune being so that we can see how we were created and made. And we can understand God more. Because now, after all this time, I don't have a problem with it. If I'm talking to Jesus... I know I'm talking to God and I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. I've heard people teach that, well, no, you have to get the names right. Like, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's Holy Spirit. That's his name. Well, listen, God's not a God of technicalities like that. If you cry out to Jesus, you're talking to the Godhead in its fullness. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, you have God dwelling within you. That's what the word says. If you receive Jesus as your Savior, then you have the Holy Spirit within you. Everybody with me? But it can be confusing. And so it's the same way with us. When I talk about body, soul, and spirit, they are so tightly joined together because we are three in one and one in three. In the Bible, as you're reading, what will help you? And as we go on, and this is why it's important for us tonight, we're going to look in in the book of Galatians in chapter 5, we're going to see some things that kind of talk about blends there. And so I'll give you a pre-example. When the Bible talks about the flesh, it's not just talking about our bodies, you know, this flesh, this earth suit. It's talking about a blend of our body and our soul. When the Bible talks about 
the heart, it's not talking about this thing that pumps blood. And it's not just talking about your soul, but it's talking about a combination of your soul and spirit. Okay? So as you're reading and you see that, you have to look at the context of that and understand that there are many times because our bodies are a vehicle for our soul and spirit, there are times that our spirit will act through our souls to move our bodies. And so I give the analogy of a car. And you guys have heard me talk about this before. If you imagine our body is a car, it's our mode of transportation. As part of that body is our, the, the mechanical part of our brain, the hardware. And here's even another example. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our mind are the thoughts, the intangible thoughts that go on in our brain. And so you would call that the software. When you think about the computer, what good is that computer without software? It won't do anything without the software. What good is software without the hardware of the computer? So if you imagine, okay, everything working together, I use the analogy of the computer and that software doesn't work without the hardware of the computer and vice versa. We learn that in the garden before the fall, our body, soul, and spirit were working in unity with each other. And we were in unity with Christ, with God, the Godhead in full. But after that fall, the only way I can really describe it, this is, you guys, our spirit cannot technically be in a coma. It gives you a good picture of what it looks like. And so our spirit being in that coma, fast forward, you're born now. Your spirit is in a coma without connection to God. Now, God is here. God is holding this world together. And he is still watching over us. If he didn't watch over us and keep things in order, we see examples of when he was watching over, but things still, like there was a reason why the flood came. There was a reason why the Tower of Babel happened. You're born today. Your soul has to call the shots and learn everything. It has to drive you around. It's in the driver's seat of your car. Your spirit's in the back seat, slumbering along for the ride. Just like a person passed out in the back. I've talked about going back to the garden as a picture of where God wants us to be walking in his kingdom. But from now on, I'm just going to talk about the kingdom. We've, I've laid the foundation and the groundwork for the comparisons of the garden and the kingdom. Now on, I'm going to talk about just the kingdom. We are seeking to dwell in his kingdom here on earth. Okay? And we're going to talk more about that and get in more depth about it in the future. We're wanting to dwell in the kingdom. Our spirit is now awakened back because of what Jesus did on the cross. I have to point that out. Apart from Christ's work on the cross, this would not be possible. There would be no bringing back to life our spirit or awakening our spirit. The Holy Spirit is sitting with our spirit and speaks to our spirit. Our spirit commands our soul what to do, and our soul carries it out. It happens so fast, it's as if we're all one. Our soul 
makes decisions and causes things that cause our endocrine system to secrete adrenaline or whatever it may be or dopamine or what the things that it needs to do to make things happen and it happens so fast it's as if there's no difference our emotions are stirred that causes a chemical reaction and you can't really tell the difference our spirit should be commanding our soul what to do but remember we've talked about the thing of it let's go to galatians chapter 5 let's go down to verse 16 i say then walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh this is what we're wanting to learn to do is to walk in the spirit and it, so i say that and maybe you're like what in the world are you talking about that's crazy walk in the spirit but it's this simple that walk in the spirit the picture of it is is your spirit's in the back seat and it says god or jesus or holy spirit whatever you want to do god what should i do i'm facing this choice what should i do and god will say this is what you need to do I'll give you a knowing and your spirit says to your soul this is what we need to do this is how we're going to take care of it and it's a knowing i'm not saying you could talk to yourself i talk to myself all the time i tell myself stuff all the time it's perfectly fine but you don't have to and so that's walking in the spirit okay that's being aware and acknowledging that god is there and talking to you and it says if you do this you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law and so what is that saying this is this is what it's saying in there what is the lust of the flesh the lust of the flesh are the tools that you use to navigate life through your soul i'm going to give you some examples here in just a second this is the thing when you're using your tools to navigate life and the choices that you make rather than referring to god they're warring against each other you have to acknowledge god and say god what should i do in this even if it's just a thought what should i do i'm facing this situation what should i do and he will speak to you and guide you in it and it takes practice and I say that because it's like just like any relationship. Any relationship you have takes time to learn about the other person and how they talk, to get to know their voice. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they will not follow another. If you go to verse 19, it says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the likes of which I tell you beforehand, just as I already told you in times past. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, will not walk in it. So let's look at some examples of what it means when 
the flesh is at work, when you're walking in the flesh. And when it says, now, the works of the flesh are evident. So let's look at this. Now, it's this uncleanness and lewdness and idolatry and all that, that can be kind of hard to identify sometimes. But let's look at selfish ambitions. Now, remember, we've talked about we all have needs. When we were separated from God, we were left to meet our own needs. And so what ends up happening is, is so, let's say I get a job and I want to, and I have feelings of low self-esteem or inadequacy. And so I feel like if I could just get that top position, that CEO position, if I could just do that, then that'll prove that I'm good enough. Then that'll make, you know, you don't, I don't think people think that'll make me feel better, but they think, yeah, that's what I want. They're, they're looking for that power to give them that, that feeling of, of significance, right? And so it's a selfish ambition. They use selfish ambition to achieve that sense of significance. You see what I'm saying? Now let's look at another one. It talked in there about drunkenness. You can group addiction with drunkenness in there, any substance abuse. So you look at it. I was not able to navigate. I, didn't, I never learned how to handle my feelings in a healthy way. And so things would happen. I built resentments about things that had happened in my life. And so that caused me to feel anger and emotion. And I'm, I'm going to do this a little bit backward. That caused me to get angry. I was angry and bitter, walked in shame. And that caused me to do things, stupid things, right? But it, when I drank, I kind of forgot about that, Bob. I could just be free and be me. And I didn't have to think about those feelings of inadequacy, those feelings of shame, those feelings of being so self-conscious, so aware, whatever everybody was thinking. I could just let go and do what I wanted. I could use that drug of alcohol to do that. That is the flesh at work to cover the pain of me not being able to experience my emotions in the way they should have been. The outburst of anger, or it says wrath in some things. I didn't know how to properly handle my emotions. When I would get into situations, and you guys, I still struggle with this today. Sometimes when there's injustice that happens, I feel like if I can just let somebody know, if I could just convey to somebody how I really feel, then they'll understand and they won't treat me that way anymore. When you look down this list of works of the flesh, if you look down there, idolatry. People think, well, yeah, I'm not worshiping a golden calf. Well, idolatry is also making a form of who God is to you. Like they made the golden calf and they worshiped, worshiped it as God. Well, sometimes we make God be somebody that he's not. And we put on him attributes that are just fine with the behaviors that we're doing. We make a God who's happy with all the goofiness that we do. And we say, oh yeah, God's fine with that. He understands. God, God understands. 
that's idolatry, and we're using that as a way to cope with our feelings of insecurities or our unmet needs or to cover the pain of having unmet needs. We either use it as a way to meet our unmet needs or to cover the pain of having unmet needs. And so you look through that in the, the works of the flesh and you can identify all of the things that talk about the three needs. The need for significance, the need for security, and part of that is not just security in material things, but security in knowing that it's okay for us to be us, to be who we are, to be secure in who we are as children of God, and the need to have healthy relationships on the three levels with God, with our neighbors, and with ourselves, right? You look at the works of the flesh, all of those things are tools that our soul and our body use to either meet unmet needs or to cover the pain of having unmet needs. You could look at this and say, well, okay, I don't want to do the works of the flesh thing. I don't want to do that because now I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not going to walk in the kingdom of God if I'm doing these things. So you can't think, well, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to drink anymore because I don't want to walk in the, uh, I don't want to miss the walking in the kingdom of God. I don't want to miss that relationship with God. So I just don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. No, that's not the way this works. What we need to do is walk with God, allow him, talk to him, walk in the spirit as it talks about. We're going to go more in just a second. Walk in the spirit as he talks about. And then we will not fulfill the works of the flesh. We can't overcome the works of the flesh. We've been trained to do that all of our lives. But if you read on, it says, but the fruit of the spirit. Now, what that means is when it's saying spirit, it's not meaning your spirit. It's meaning, meaning having the spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And so when it says the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of having God in your car and your spirit talking to God and directing your soul, the fruit of that is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. If you look at all of those things that are the fruit of the Spirit, they will override the works of the flesh. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not walk in the works of the flesh. And when it says fruit of the Spirit, what that is meaning is, if he is planted within us, and as we go, that fruit is developing in us, and it becomes who we are. It begins to grow and blossom out of who we are. Now, we can see that as a, a comparison to that. What ends up happening, a lot of people think of the fruit of the Spirit as a gift of the Spirit, because there's also gifts of the Spirit. That's for another day, but I'm just going to touch on it for a second. A gift of the Spirit is something that God gives us. It doesn't grow and bloom, although we develop it, but it's a gift given to us. We just open it and use it. But that's a lot of time what people want. They, they want the fruit of the Spirit to come as a gift. Oh, I just want to be able to open it. 
I just want to be able to walk in love. I just want to be able to walk in kindness. I just want to be able to walk in gentleness. I just want to have self-control. My goodness, I just want to have self-control. But that comes as fruit as we're driving in our car and we're making those decisions. Not everybody gets the same gifts. Which, growing up with a twin brother, we always got the same gift. It might be different colors, but we always got the same gift, and it was kind of a drag. But a lot of times when we were little, if you didn't get the same gift, you felt cheated. But it's not that way. Everybody gets a really good gift. Paul talks about that. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Because some people are like, hey, I'm not in here. Yeah, but you're part of the body. You're just as important as a hand. You with me? Is everybody with me? Is everybody tracking okay? We want to develop the fruits. The only way to develop that fruit is to nurture it, to water it, to spend time with it, to help it grow. That fruit blossoms out of a relationship with God. Now, how does this apply to your list that you started? So we're making this list, and let's talk about the list of things that you've done. Now, if you look at the, the list of the things that you've done, if you look at this in Galatians 5, the works of the flesh, you're going to see connections between that activity and the works of the flesh. You're going to need help in identifying these things sometimes. But because this is what ends up happening, we get born again, God is in our car, and we're living, and we face trials and tribulations because Jesus said, in this world, there will be tribulation. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. And so we face these tribulations, and we don't understand why we keep doing the same things over and over again. Where does the drug addiction and drunkenness come from? If we can understand that and understand where it comes from and why it's there, then God can walk us through that, and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I know that gets, goes against the disease model. If we make this list, remember we're making the list, and we can see how that affects us. We then in turn, and we're going to talk more about this as we go, and this other list of things that have been done to us, we'll be able to identify where that caused us to have unmet needs, or damaged us, or caused us not to be able to receive in a healthy way to get our needs met. If you were abused as a child, that causes us to have walls up. And so receiving love in a healthy way is incredibly difficult. And so to have that sense of feeling loved unconditional is incredibly difficult if you walk through abuse. And so we have to understand how that is broken off of us and how we can walk free of that. Continue to make your list. We're going to continue to talk more about this. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.